nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Guy. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dump two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. your Denver sport the Denver sports <laughs> podcast presented by our favorite Breckenridge Brewery what are you drinking right now Rudo we, we, we never have this one in the office but we do today it's, it's so best. good I like that one um we also always have you covered with deals and guess what Breck Brew is Davidson's beer wine and spirits brewery of the month download their app and enjoy a six pack for only $7.99 all month long it is a victory Monday today, guys. We got a Broncos win on Sunday and a Nuggets win on Sunday. Let's start off talking about the Broncos first. But first, I've got Drew Kreisman, Ryan Konigsberg, Rudo, and Patrick Lyons here. And uh, Andre Simone on the board and Kale on the live stream. So let's start talking about the Broncos. Drew Locke had a bounce back game. It was pretty exciting to see. It was, and I think, you know, you mentioned it there with the bounce back. That was the most important part of it because in a vacuum, Drew Locke and the Broncos should at home should house uh, the Detroit Lions. But coming off of that game in Kansas City where I said, hey, just burn the tape, and, and I thought that was the right thing to do, but Drew had to come out here and show us that in this game against the Lions that that was the outlier, and if you take it now – if you take out the Kansas City game, in the other three games, the offense is averaging 27 points per game with Drew Locke, and that's taking away the defensive touchdown also in the Texans game. What they score yesterday, 27 points. So that's what averages uh, for this team now, which is pretty funny because it was only three weeks ago <laughs> that the Broncos the had curse. not scored more than 24 points in a game for 20 straight games. Now – Two out of four starts for Drew Locke. They've gone over uh, 27, 27 or more. And Drew Locke became the first rookie QB to win three of his first four games. That Kansas City Chiefs game in the snow really was an outlier. It was, and, and, and that's okay. And the funny thing is, like, you want that sort of stuff to be like a measuring stick game. I think it's just one of those things that you just have to put aside. Like, look at what that Chiefs defense is doing right now. I mean, no one likes the Chiefs. No one wants to give them credit. Their defense, while people – there was a narrative early in the season and especially last season that they're a team with a great offense and a terrible defense. That's not the case at all anymore. Um, they have a fantastic defense. They made life miserable for uh, the Bears last night. The Bears only scored three points as well, and that wasn't in a blizzard. So – they're really good, and people are saying, like, oh, well, that was the best team they played. Yes, but the Broncos didn't need to uh, beat any additional playoff teams to be in the playoff hunt right now. What I'm saying is they could have beat the Bears, they could have beat the Colts, and they could have beat the Raiders in week one, and they'd be 9-6 and six right now. So beating up on 
average and bad teams is how you make the playoffs. Sure, do you need to maybe pull off an upset here or there? Yes. But if you just take care of business against average and poor teams, you're going to be in the playoff hunt this time of year. The Broncos would be have a chance to go 10-6 and six if they had just won those games. So 3-1 uh, and one with Drew Locke, that's a 12-4 and four pace. Probably a pretty easy schedule, all things considered. But that's okay. The Broncos have ha- have had a history over the last four years of losing games like that to teams they should have beat. The one I've brought up consistently is that they welcomed the New York Giants into a game where the Broncos were 3-1. and one. They're coming off a bye. The Giants had no receivers. They were down to their third string running back. And then they beat the Broncos like 24-10 to 10 or something like that. So beating bad teams is the first step for coming out from the depths. Also, I feel like the one good thing from that Kansas City Chiefs games was the fact that we got to see Drew Locke deal with adversity and come out on top. And that's something head coach Vic Fangio talked about, how he loved seeing after the game and throughout the week that it wasn't it obviously it was his first loss and it was a tough one, but it wasn't completely weighing down on him. He was ready to learn. We even heard Philip Lindsay say he knows exactly Drew Locke knows exactly what he needs to improve on and he does that throughout the week and he they just really all respect him and in how that about, locker room. And how about the adversity in the game? They went down 10-0. Yeah. You know, there's a time where if the Broncos went down 10-0, you'd be wondering if they were going to even score 10 points to be able to tie it back up. The team never lost confidence because they believe in Drew Locke. They knew that they should have scored, you know, 27 points in that game. They knew they would get there eventually. And the flu, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, what flu about game. Another how thing, the like, team was playing? They feeling. had so many excuses to lose to the Lions. Um, the whole team or half the team had the flu. Yeah. Um, even the guys who didn't end up listed on the injury report, a lot of guys woke up on Sunday morning not feeling so well. Then they lose Dalton Reisner because he's sick. Yeah. They lose Elijah Wilkinson. They're, they put in a couple of guys and Jake Rogers, who was playing in his first NFL game. Mm-hmm. Patrick Morris, who had only been on the team for three weeks. I mean, the amount of excuses yeah. they had to have Crazy. said, well, they lost to the Lions, but there's all these things. And they completely went out there, took care of business. Huge shout out to Mike Munchak for having Patrick Morris and Jake Rogers ready to go. No kidding. Their names did not get mentioned on the broadcast, except for maybe the fact that they were in. Yep. They came in, their names didn't come up again because they did their jobs. That's what you want as an offensive lineman. So hat tip to those two guys, and then also a hat tip to Mike Munchak. And they won game balls after. Yes, and that was pretty cool. That was special. Um, especially for a guy like Morris, who's been in the locker room for a couple weeks. You know, there was a very good chance that he comes in, joins the team, never plays, no one really knows who he is, and, you know, he has a chance to earn a spot next training camp. Well, he goes out there, plays well, ends up getting a game ball, kind of earns his respect of his teammates. Can I tip my hat to Philip Lindsay now? Yeah, go ahead. I, I just I, I love seeing it when you you talked about it last week, and so I was kind of hyper focused on that, and it was really great to to see him get involved and in, and break open a couple of big ones. Obviously, the big touchdown run uh, in the was it the was that in the that was in the fourth fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure if it was at the end of the third, and it was just like, man, there it is. Like the like you said, the, you could see the future of the team playing out right in front of. Like this is the way this is supposed to operate. They're building their concept around these young guys who are going to take them to the next level. And of course, we all love Phil, but that was just like, see, finally, that I think that was the other most frustrating thing about the Kansas City game, and we talked about that a lot. But it was nice to see them get the ball in his hands. Man. Yeah, and. With Phil, I've been talking about this since Drew came in. Like, eventually, the w- the way that defenses are going to have to respect Drew Locke is going to open up things for Phil. And I thought that finally came to fruition in that game. And here's the thing: like, you gotta feed him. He had 19 touches yesterday. He gets 109 yards. Um, but uh, my friend Zach By 
had a great analogy. He said it's like a pickle jar. You just keep twisting and twisting and twisting, and eventually you twist enough and it pops. And that's how it is with Philip Lindsay. <laughs> it's not a thing where, like, you can just give him eight to nine carries and say, like, oh, well, he should have broke one. Like, you have to keep going, and he, then he will get the 20, the 30, the long touchdown run. It's a thing where you got to keep going to him. 19 carries. That's where I think he should be on a game-in, game-out basis. He's now 42 yards away from becoming the first undrafted rookie or undrafted player in NFL history to go back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons to start his career. So Crazy. Pretty it, awesome. Is there awesome. anything that, that Locke can do in the final game of the season to kind of quiet any you know, detractors or, or naysayers saying, hey, it's, it's late in the season – and you know, we saw what he did against Kansas City, which I ultimately think is is not fair to use as a measuring stick against the class of of the AFC. Um, but it being you know late in the season, and it, it doesn't really mean quite as much. Is there anything he can do in the, the final game of the season to kind of prove the naysayers wrong? I think the naysayers are few and far between at this point. He's shown that he can win, you know, by going off. He's shown that he can win by game man. I mean, yesterday was a total game manager game. One yeah. touchdown, no interceptions, 192 yards, 75% completions. Like, we didn't really know that he had that in the back. So now he's shown you that he can win in a bunch of different ways. I think if he just goes out there and beats the Raiders, because that is a team that's playing for something, um, when, when the game kicks off, the Raiders will still believe that they can make the playoffs. So there's a real you know a chance to go out there and beat a team that's really competing for something john gruden um knows drew lock he coached him at the senior bowl they're probably gonna have a lot of different stuff schemed up to try and make life difficult for him if he goes out there and wins that one four and one i mean i just don't know how you can argue with four and one as a starter that'll be the best stretch the broncos have had they've only had one other four and one stretch since they won the super bowl that was the first five games after they won the super bowl kind of still riding that waves so that will be the best stretch they've had since then uh, i just i think at that point it's undeniable hmm. you also uh, you wrote a story last night talking about how this offseason will be one of the first off seasons that this team will go in knowing who their starting quarterback is and truly believing in him and you said make skies work harder yeah it's not it's not uh, one of. It is the only time since Peyton Manning left that the Broncos will be cleaning out their lockers on that Monday after the season and know that when they come back, Drew Locke is their starting quarterback. Um, there's, you know, they don't have to worry about that. Uh, you know, the wide receivers are going to want to be getting together with him in the off season. Players are going to believe. You know, I, I talked to a guy in the locker room last night who believes they would have made the playoffs this year if Drew would have got in there earlier. So they believe in him. They like him. They enjoy being around him. Um, the young players on the team are now empowered because of him, because he's young, and that's kind of the, the nucleus of the team. So um, that passing of the torch I think was really important, and I think it's going to start the Broncos kind of working out of this hole. With that passing of the torch, uh, I thought it was really cool to see Vaughn and Drew exchange jerseys yesterday. And there was a picture on Twitter that you could see their, the messages that they left each other. And Drew um, wrote on, Vaughn, on his jersey to Vaughn saying, you believed in me from the jump and I'm indebted forever or something like that. Yeah, and that's it gave so me the cool. confidence I needed, which is it's great. I mean, that's one thing that Vaughn is really good at is instilling confidence in his teammates. Like he's always... Uh, the biggest fan of his teammates a perfect example would be Tim Tebow like <laughs> quietly behind the scenes a lot of the players on that defense when Tim Tebow was the quarterback of the Broncos were talking about how bad he was and Vaughn Miller was the opposite like he was Tim Tebow's personal hype man um, loved him 
was talking him up in the media, was really instilling confidence in him, and even giving him credit. Like, he was saying, you know, a lot of Tebow supporters were saying, like, the defense is playing better because of Tebow. A lot of people were disputing that. Von Miller was saying it. Like, he's the best leader I've ever played for, and it inspires me to play better. So Von is very good at instilling that confidence in his teammates. Well, last thing I want to say is that I don't, I'm not sure if we're going to have a tailgate next week. We're still deciding Sons of Mile High or not. Um, but this season has been so much fun getting to know you guys, getting to see you guys out there. And yesterday was another example of it. It was a perfect day. It was actually hot. And we had just so much fun meeting all of you guys. So definitely be sure to come to our watch parties throughout the years for Avs and Nuggets. And then we'll probably be doing similar things for the Rockies. But yeah, so thanks for coming to those tailgates. It's just yeah. always such a good time. They were a blast. Every single, every last one of them was so cool. Meeting people from everywhere, from Arkansas to Austria was pretty cool. All right. Well, we are going to talk about the Nuggets. But unfortunately, we do not have one of our Nuggets beat writers here, so you're just going to hear from us. But they did give us a few takes. Uh, Adam Mardis says, Nuggets have won six in a row. Everybody is starting to look like they're back. Jokic, Barton, Harris, Murray, Millsap, Monte, Grant currently have the second best defense and 13th best defense offense up from 22 two weeks ago. And of course, Jokic, 20-10-8 over his last 10 games, 39% from three. The biggest, honey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, they look like a different team. And to me, it completely started when Jokic just kind of turned it on. You felt it. Definitely. Actually. Uh, in the Boston game I think it was which is the start of that 10 game stretch I believe that Adam is referring to you just felt him kind of turn on the aggression a little bit and he just uh, he looks like a completely different person out there he even looks thinner he looks more in shape it's all kind of coming together for him he's more aggressive and when that offense runs through him it makes everyone better that's what makes Jokic Jokic um, but I mean even Gary Harris last night like he's been Gary the Harris one went off the one piece that you're still wondering, like, man, is this actually who he is now? Because it's been two years in a row where he hasn't really been the best. He's still a fantastic defender. He had, like, I think three steals on three straight possessions last four. night. Four. Yeah. Make, four for the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, four for the game. You know, ma finally making some of those mid-range jumpers that have given him a lot of trouble this year, starting to mm -hmm. fall from three. But I think a Adam uh, mentioning the 39% from three for Jokic over the last 10 games, that is so huge. When he makes three-pointers, he's pretty much impossible to defend um, yep. because he's too strong for you to come out there and try and you know stop him from getting to the lane, especially if you close out a little too hard. Um, once he gets into the lane, it's pretty much game over because he's either going to hit a floater or find a cutter and get a layup. Um, it completely opens up the entire offense when he starts making those threes. And earlier in the season, he wasn't making those, and you could see teams testing him, letting him go, go make yeah. that three, and they weren't, and he just couldn't make any. So to see that improvement in these last 10 games is huge. Yeah, I can't remember what game it was. So, maybe Philly, they just let him shoot like four in a row, and he missed all I four think of you're them. Right. It was like so yeah. frustrating. Um, you can't do that now. And, it, you know, a perfect example is Giannis, who, was doing, who did the same thing to the Lakers the other night. He hit five threes, and it was just they, there was no chance of guarding him. When, when a big man can do that, it completely changes the game. The game we're also talking about is the Nuggets beat the Lakers last night 128-104. to The Lakers were without LeBron, but the Nuggets took advantage and had Ooh. six players. <laughs> <laughs> six players in double figures and really just – 
balled out in Staples Center. Yeah, you know, you can make this argument of it didn't really count because LeBron wasn't there, but this is uh, what happens in the middle of the season. When the NBA starts to roll on these long-season sports, teams start to lose people, and depth becomes a lot more important. And you saw that the Nuggets' strength is their depth. They can, you know, they're healthy right now, but they can afford to have a few guys go out because they're, they're a deep team. The Lakers are not that way. And most teams wouldn't be able to survive without LeBron James. But you're seeing that LeBron's now banged up. AD is banged up. Yep. And while they have been rolling through the first part of the season, they're now struggling. They've lost three in a row, the Lakers have, as they're starting to get banged up. And I think that's a huge sign for the Nuggets, is they're playing their best ball now as teams are starting to wear out, starting to get injured. And you see that the Lakers, they, they have a few nicks and bruises here and there, and they start to struggle. Beating a team like the Lakers is, is a statement win. The reason the Avs nation is on the verge of a meltdown is because the Avs haven't been able to find that yep. statement win, and that's something that the Nuggets have. And it's something that keeps a team going. With Jokic turning on, with everything starting to click, and then you beat the Lakers, it's really easy to see the top of that mountain. Well, and they smoked them in the second half, right. outscored them 73-51. to 51. Exactly. It was unbelievable. 73-51. to 51. And that sixth straight win um, put them at 20-8 and eight on the year, which is their best record in franchise history. And it was fun. Wow. It was fun. It, well, well, and not just because of all of that, but they're playing fun basketball again. And that's something we've talked about a couple of times and Adam has, has brought up. It's like it doesn't always have to be. Like at the end of the day, you're looking for Ws. They don't have to be pretty. Uh, but it's nice when they are. It's nice when the team looks like they're having fun playing basketball together, hitting each other for open shots. Everybody knows where everybody's going to be. It, that, that chemistry that we all thought you know was going to look super awesome coming into the season because they had so much turnover from years before, but oddly wasn't quite there on offense, was on defense. But to see it now on offense, it's like, oh, yeah, you guys remember how to play together. That's nice. nice. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, it really helps the eye test. And now with 20 and 8, they're back to the two seed in the West. So right there, knocking on the door for the Lakers who are coming back to earth. And if AD can't get right and LeBron's injury prolongs a little, I mean, the rest of their roster just isn't built to sustain that. So, yeah, and, I mean, Kyle, like, time oh. to pay the piper. And like you said, Drew, that just gives them so much confidence. Totally. I mean, it's really, I mean, last night was probably the most fun game to watch for the Nuggets because of, uh, you know, like Adam mentioned, all of a sudden everyone's clicking. It's so nice to see Monte Morris hitting open shots and Gary hitting open Malik shots. Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley. And the weird thing is that Jamal Murray wasn't even really a part of that last night. He was, I think, three for 12 from the field. Yep. Um, they still scored 128 points. Like when their role players all click, they don't need uh jamal to go off and it's not even Jokic didn't go off either you know they have so many different pieces uh that can win them games malik beasley you know all of these guys you start you just need two or three of those guys to play well on a night-to-night basis jeremy grant whoever it may be and they can beat just about any team out there yeah i think i think the victory says more about the nuggets than it does the lakers because if the lakers win without lebron you go okay They've they've corrected their business. Six losses on the season. They're fine. They're they're in a good spot. Um, but even without him and them not being able to to convert that W at home, you know, at the Staples Center, I, I think that says a lot more about the Nuggets coming together as a team. You know, getting that second seed back and overall, you know, just what it does uh, for their team as a whole, and and just further proves that their depth is their probably their number one strength right now. If they wouldn't have won that game last night, they Nuggets. 
Twitter probably would have had an Avs Twitter esque <laughs> meltdown because it would have been like, oh, oh my God, we we can't even beat the Lakers without LeBron. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they went and just wiped the floor with them without LeBron, which is really encouraging, I think. If you want more of an in-depth analysis on last night's win, the Nuggets guys did do a live podcast yesterday, so you can go on Periscope and check that out or just go listen to the podcast on anywhere you listen to podcasts. But the Nuggets have a back-to-back play, the second half of a back-to-back tonight against the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns currently sit at 11-18 and 18 on the year, so this is definitely a game that they need to get, even if it's on the second end of a back-to-back. Yeah, that's kind of a scary team to face on the on the other side of a back-to-back just because they're – Road. They have a lot of talent, uh, and you're on the road. Uh, the, the Nuggets should win if they take care of their business, but mm-hmm. you get lax, you start making excuses for yourself about being on the second night of a back-to-back. That's a team that can that has players that can go off and beat you. And, and the dynamics are completely different right now for the Nuggets because now, after last season in particular, they're a team that up-and-coming squads like the Suns are looking at like, hey, let's let's have a little statement victory right here against the Nuggets. They're coming into town. Sure, they beat the Lakers last night. This is a this is a big game for us, and you know the Nuggets are kind of on, on the receiving end of that that attitude and that mindset mm-hmm. that they are now one of the top teams in the NBA in the Western Conference. And for smaller teams, teams on the come up, they're going to be looking to try to you know make have a statement victory against the Nuggets. That's that's where they're at right yeah. now. Target on their back now. That's why winning last night in that fashion was so key because the bench was able to have a lot of minutes so now the starters are fresher for tonight than one day of rest on christmas eve and you're back playing christmas so you know gotta stay fresh gotta make up some wins while the lakers are are weak here really time to capitalize here. and you want you want some national recognition go into that christmas game yep. with a chance to win eight in a row win that because you're playing the pelicans who are not very good win eight in a row on you know the biggest nba day of the regular season here, here. And people are going to be talking about you especially because the lakers are banged up right now. They got to go play a really good Clippers team. You know, by the end of this, you could be two games away from them in the loss column. Sign me up. Speaking <laughs> of the bench, uh, Vladko Chanchar, I feel like he would have won the week for Brendan if he was here. <laughs> uh. Got his first, his first NBA points and had an assist for Juancho. At the end of the game, you got to see everyone, which is always fun. To be able to play a victory cigar against the Lakers in the Staples Center <laughs> was pretty awesome. I love the idea of a guy getting one bucket and one assist and winning the week. <laughs> I just like this. I wish you Brendan could see Brendan just the- has such love for him. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. I wish we could play the video uh, from oh Wancho's Instagram story of him congratulating uh, Chanchar. It was pretty great. <laughs> I got to start picking stuff like that to win the week. Like somebody's Instagram story won the week. Yes. Like, see, that's where I need Maybe to be thinking. Maybe that's where you'll win. Yeah. That's savvy right there. That's yeah. Savvy. I like it. All right, well, the holidays are coming up, and if you don't know what to get your fam last-minute gifts, you can obviously get them a DNVR gift subscription, or you can get them a nice bottle of wine, some nice tequila, scotch, even some beer. Whatever it is, Total Bev is giving the DNVR fam 30% off your purchase of $25 or more with a max discount applying up to $75 using the promo code DNVR2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Download that today and don't miss out on this deal. Now, we've got some abs to talk about. Hockey. Unfortunately, Hockey. 
<laughs> I know. Yesterday, I put out a tweet of all the teams in Colorado uh, that won during the weekend, yeah. and I had a few sad you Avs are, fans. You guys are celebrating Victory Monday, and the Avs are just kind of sitting here like, huh. Please, we need a win tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, Colorado Eagles. Yeah. Won a nice game last night, seven to five. They've scored like twenty-two goals in their last four games, or something, too. Like, wow. it is some fun hockey up in Northern Colorado. Twenty-four, watch that. 24. twenty-four. There you go. So they had ten on Wednesday yeah. night. That's yes. a lot. Yes. So if the abs aren't scoring for you, that was the most in franchise history since joining the AHL, and the most in the AHL this season so far. It might be the most in the ECHL, but back before that, they were. Hockey was bad below the ECHL. We'll put it that way. <laughs> so, yeah, hockey was bad. The Avs have lost two straight games. Uh, in the <sighs> final minutes after having a lead, their last to the Chicago Blackhawks, it's just – I we were all sitting here talking about, like, all right, that St. Louis loss. Like, calm down, everyone. It's okay. No big deal. And then even – ho- You got the Blackhawks yeah. on the schedule. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> even that Panthers game, we're like, okay, this is where they'll bounce back. And then that – I feel like the Panthers game was disappointing because it was in the last two minutes yeah, of the game. Yeah, yeah the Hurricanes. Out of you mean the Hurricanes, right? Hurricanes. Yeah. Well, you'd be right about the Panthers game a month ago as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are the, all these bad losses are – Getting combined. Carolina, Florida, they're both on the East Coast. It's the ECHL. <laughs> <laughs> Bad hockey. It's all tying together. But this last one to the Blackhawks was it's the Blackhawks. Yeah. How I, do you I, let that happen? Right. The Brudo. Carolina game, there were a lot of other factors Brudo, to it. Um, the Avs were on the second half of a back to back. They blew it in the last couple of minutes because they just didn't have any legs left. It was clear they were dead now. I don't really want to get into the Bednar coaching decision to Z. sit Zadorov because I want to get into that. We did an entire podcast about how it was a bad decision. Um, but there were plenty of reasons where you say, okay, maybe you let that one slide. It's disappointing. They should have won, but shouldn't. I feel like you don't really need legs to park the bus. Um, kind of. The faces everyone just <laughs> made to Ryan is like, oh, no, 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 it's, no. It's very much a, a The problem thing. was that they didn't park the bus. <laughs> well, so in, in hockey, or at least in the ab circles, we call it the turtle, where you just give up trying to play offense entirely. You stop skating. And what ends up happening is because you're not skating, you just end up getting even more tired because mm. you you end up chasing the play mm. and falling behind the other team and you just can't get off the ice. And it's exhausting and it just keeps compounding until you just break. And also in hockey too, Ryan, it's called Park the Zamboni. Oh, <laughs> there you go. You should know <laughs> Good that. Stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's kind of what happened in the Carolina game. And I understand that even if they should have won. The Chicago game, there's no excuse. That's just not a game you can lose, especially not like that. You have a 3-1 lead in the third period. You get a power play early in the third. You could put Mm -hmm. the game away. We're not even talking about this. If they score on the power play, Chicago Mm -hmm. just goes home and and they take the loss. Instead, they fail to put the dagger home, and then Chicago comes back on them. And the concerning part isn't giving up the first goal. You say, okay, one bad play. They still have a one-goal lead. It's the panic they played with after the first goal, the fear of playing not to lose. And that can go back to Bednar coaching decision of not calling a timeout yep. there. Something we talked about a lot, and I go back and forth on this one. He absolutely should have called the timeout after the second goal once they tied the game up. Before that, I think, is a little bit premature. That's very hindsighty to say, oh, well, obviously you have to call it there. But 
when they scored two goals in a row, you can see clearly something is very wrong here. This wasn't one bad shift. Something has gone sideways. And then I talked about this the other day as well. They got away with it, but 20 seconds after uh, Chicago tied the game, they took a penalty. And it was like, obviously, you guys cannot do anything right right now. Just take your time out, even if it's just to slow the Blackhawks down for a mm-hmm. second, yeah. just to change the pace a little bit. You have to do something. Like a basketball timeout. Yeah, right. Teams on a run. Exactly. Just to ice them a little bit or whatever. It, it's one of the few things that Bednar as a coach can actually do to change the momentum of a game like that. The Avs also had multiple power plays they did. to start the game, and they just couldn't execute on almost any Same of thing them. against Carolina. Yeah, the the power play is a massive issue. Um, there's but there's a reason for that. <laughs> well, Ray Bennett is the reason I think for the most part. Shouts to Ray. Kale McCarr. <laughs> That's also the superstar that isn't on the power play right now. Look, Kale McCarr <laughs> makes it better, but uh, more talent overcoming a bad system is still a bad system. Mm. And Fair enough. That's talk about that all the time. About yeah, the Broncos. Exactly. So so that's my problem with it. It's going to continue to get by. Kale McCarr. It sounds like he's gonna play against Vegas. He took regular jersey in morning skate. He's not. Okay. Yeah. There. I I was fifty fifty on it. So not playing. Okay. Not. That's fine with me. Not super surprised by it. A little weird that they even took him on the trip to be honest then, but that's perfectly fine to let him have the three-day break after this. Be 100%. He can come back and and do his thing. So I think that's fine. The Avs need to prove that they can win without Kale McCarr. Uh, We got AJ in the the Periscope saying, take your GD timeouts. (laughs) Yeah. And got them for a reason. And then someone else saying, stop doing these because I need these pods for drives to work. Well, don't watch the Periscope and listen to yep. it on the podcast. They'll be posted as podcasts. <laughs> um, the The other point about the timeouts is it's not just that Bednar is not using them at appropriate times. He's not using them at all. Yeah. It's every game he walks away from them with an unused timeout. So it's a problem that, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's a pretty minor thing in a game where if the Avs won 3-1, no one's talking about that timeout at all. But – the minor things are where the abs need to improve. They're a good enough team that the minor things are starting to matter. And it's those type of things that keep you from blowing a two goal lead in a game like that against Chicago. You talk about these issues without Kale McCarr, but he's still the superstar on that defense at the moment. So not having him, it's like not having Nathan McKinnon on the offense. Ab- absolutely. It's, it's a huge effect. The team is markedly better. I think for a lot of people, it took McCarr coming out of the lineup to realize, oh, this kid has a he massive a impact. Void. Right, exactly. He does something that no one else on the team does. Yeah. And the kid's truly special. I'm going to say that on every single show I go on, basically, because he you could make an argument that he's a top three defenseman in the league right now as a rookie. Even with this injury, he's still running away with the Calder Trophy this year. The Everything the Avs do, if you run it through Makar, it has that extra special it factor where he can just blow the game wide open for you on his own and does not need the team around him. So I'm AJ, gonna... hold on. AJ Hayfley is letting us if know. If AJ wants to be on the podcast, he can come here. <laughs> He's telling us news. Go away. Makar told Bedner he wasn't ready. Bedner wanted to play him with a broken heart. That's, that's a that's wrote. a very Makar answer. Makar has always been a very patient guy. The Avs wanted to sign him after his first year in college, and he said no. I'm not ready. I'm going to go back for that second year. Obviously, that worked out pretty well for everybody involved. So he has always taken that patient track. He knows what he can bring at 100% is significantly better than 
whatever it is that 80, 70, whatever. That's maturity at being 21 years old. Exactly. You know what? I need just more time. He he knows himself as an NHL player very very well for someone of that age. And we got Eric saying Malone used to have huge uh, timeout issues as well. So does Tad Boyle, and we'll talk about him in a second. Um, well, McCarr's got to you know he's he's got to be this is his first full season in the NHL, right? So he's got to be thinking about it's like like a pitcher with in baseball where you know if your team's going to be making a run deep in the postseason then you know you need to have a couple extra bullets in the chamber to go late in October so i think with McCarr, he's thinking that you know exactly. this game isn't isn't the be all end all so let me let me take this opportunity to you know it's, get a day off if, if you will and we talk about the college wall a lot especially prospects coming out of the NCAA play a significantly shorter season they almost never survive the full 82 game season Makar can take this break. Yeah, it's an injury, so he's not getting fully rested. He's still practicing, things like that. But you roll that into the Christmas roster freeze, no practicing over Christmas. Maybe that gets an extra two weeks out of Kale Makar in the second half of the year. And that's huge for the Avs when they're in competition for home ice in the playoffs because that's what they're fighting for. And, and if I may just sew the silver lining into this, the the Avs the, have had this weird thing going where they've had all these injuries. But each time a guy has come back, it's been at a time where things got a little stale and it gave them a little boost. Gabe comes back, they get a little boost. Miko comes back, they get a little boost. Now Kale's going to come back after the break and give them a little boost. And almost like it's almost like a little shove Kickstart. from behind to get them going again. Yeah, it, it, it has worked out surprisingly well in, in that regard to get the players back. And almost all of them, it's not just a team boost. That player has come back and had an immediate impact picking up points or making defensive plays or whatever you want to call it. So all of the hype around, oh, this team is going to be so good when they're healthy is starting to come together. And I think that's something to hold on to. The Avs blew two leads in a row. That's bad hockey. It's two games. 82-game season. They're still an extremely good hockey team. You can't blow a lead without getting ahead 3-1. to one. And there are clearly things that they need to correct in their third-period play. They need to get over this little bit of a mental block that they seem to have. When they lose to the Blues, they kind of go a little bit haywire at times. But if they come out against Vegas and look solid, if they come off this break and get McCarr back and win a couple of games, nobody's going to remember these two losses. Again, it's just added adversity that this team has already had so much of and they've been able to succeed. There are going to be times where you slow down and you fall. And these guys are angry. I mean, Eric Johnson after the game was saying things. He, he was very receptive, but he was saying things like, you can't give away all those points. That's He's a veteran on that team. He said, yeah, we're a young team, but that just is unacceptable. And, and that's a something a little bit different than teams in previous years for the Avs. They know they should have won those games. They know they could have won those games. In years past, they would have said, well, we should have won that game, but you know they're a good team and we got beat. Now it's, oh, we lost that game. Mm -hmm. We know how to win those games. Mm -hmm. We can win those games. It's, it's very akin to the Broncos beating the Lions. We're like, hey, that's a game you're supposed to win. Obviously, in hockey, the, the season's about you know four times as long, so it's it's not as big of a deal for them to not be able to you know to get the points against the Blackhawks. But you know ultimately, they're, they'll, they'll rebound on it because it's a long season. Rudo, do you think McCarr will be named a starter uh, to the All-Star game? To the All-Star game, no. I think he might go as kind of the rookie contingent that they usually bring. Maybe he competes in some of the skills competitions, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, it's really, really hard to get to the NHL All-Star game as a defenseman because they run the three-on-three -three systems. Mm -hmm. So each team only really gets to bring two or three defensemen. 
for each uh, division, which there are only four of. So very, very hard to get to there. Will he be in his future? Absolutely, 100%. Um, it would be funny to see if you could somehow get three Avs in there again and just, just have the Avs all-star team. But with the injuries, not this time. It'll just be McKinnon at the having fun, I guess. You don't think man. Miko will make it in there? <laughs> not with the injuries. Yeah. Man. But even with the injuries, he still has a lot of goals compared to other players on the in the yeah. NHL. Uh, the Am's top six disappeared in the Chicago game, yeah. and I don't care about that because they've been absolutely excellent for ninety percent of the season. And if they're going to go away for one game and come right back, then that's perfectly fine. The most frustrating thing, I guess, about these last two is that they couldn't just get a point out of right. each of them. Right. You know, like that's what you hang on for another bit. minute. Exactly. And you're getting a point. If you if they had gotten two points, I don't care how they got the two points, whether it's one win or two overtimes or whatever out of these two games, the pressure would be off from the fan base by quite a bit more, I think, because they'd be saying, well, those were bad, but you didn't come away empty-handed. You're keeping pace with the rest of the division. Now it feels like, oh, they left something on the table. I'd love to never think about these games again, but I am worried that at the end of the season when they're fighting for the number one seed, we're going to say, man, they could have just gotten two and, points in those two games. And it may come back to haunt them in that regard, absolutely. These are the games you look at when you say, this is what separates the best team in a division from the second best. Now, you make it in the playoffs in the NHL, it's anybody's game from there. Right. But – it shows that this team still has room to hit their ceiling, I think. They are very good. I believe they're a contender. They are not playing their best hockey. And if they ever figure out how to play their best hockey, there's no team in the league that can beat them. Ryan, I've had the, I've had those same thoughts about the seeding, but it, it's funny because if they miss out on the top seed and they're number two, well, that means they're going to be playing the seventh seed as opposed to the eight, who is the hottest team yes, usually coming into the playoffs. Eight. So it may end up end up being you know someone of a godsend, right? True. Uh, whatever keeps them as far away from the Blues as possible yeah, in the playoffs. I agree with that one. <laughs> Kale just said a lot. Yeah, he has no microphone. Yeah, <laughs> he made uh, he made a great point though. Yeah. You all Insert good point by Kale. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, this guy. Hockey playoffs are fun. Is, yeah, is what he, you have all the good matchups in the first two rounds because that's just how it's designed and it's weird. But I'm that cool with weird. it. <laughs> all right, so the the Avs do take on the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. How you made a comment kind of like if you, they play well, do you not think it's going to be a win for them? I think they absolutely can win. Um, it's in Vegas. They bopped this team 7-1 last time in Vegas. Vegas remembers that. Yeah. They're going to play this team very tough. And I think it basically is going to come down to the top line. I also don't think after those two losses you have to worry about like a Vegas hangover type of thing. No. I don't think yeah. they're out there partying. <laughs> they, yeah. The abs are going to come to play, and – I expect a, a big game out of the big three up front. To They're going to take it to this Vegas team, and it's going to be about them holding on, understanding that they need to play confident. They cannot play scared if they get ahead in this game. And no one likes having fun more than hockey players. You get a win here, you're going right into a break. You yep. can probably convince the guys, like, hey, let's go win this and then take over Vegas for a couple days. Yeah, AJ can join them because he'll be out there covering the Alex game. Alex Ovechkin-style so. take over Vegas? Yes. Oh, my God, <laughs> that man. 
Good for him, but oh my Might god. Might look like after he won the cup, diving into <laughs> fountains and things like that. <laughs> Live your best life. It is a doubleheader tonight with the Avs playing at 8 p.m. against the Golden Knights and the Nuggets taking on the Suns at 7 p.m. So we got we got two great sports going on tonight. Time to talk about more basketball, though, because CU and CSU men's basketball teams both won this weekend. CSU won in triple overtime, and then CU won in overtime. Let's start off with CU. They had an incredible buzzer-beater win in overtime against the Dayton Flyers. Flyers. Because that's where the Wright brothers were originally from. Look we always at have such fun That's it, <laughs> right? Fun Before Kitty Hawk, it was Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> Amazing. The Wright brothers. Um, uh, Ryan, you screamed and ran uh, ran around after yes. this. <laughs> I lost my voice for like hours just off one play. <laughs> um, it was an incredible win. And here's the thing uh, about Buffs basketball for those who don't know. This season has been very similar to the Nuggets in the sense that they've been winning. They had one loss that they shouldn't have, one loss to Kansas on the road, which was supposed to happen. But so they're, they're ten and two on there. There hadn't been anything that made you feel like overtly great about this team, even though there's really high expectations for them coming into the season. And for them to go into Chicago, which was essentially an away game for them, there's about five thousand Dayton fans in that stadium at least, um, and beat number thirteen in the nation and really beat them. I mean, after a, an initial run where Dayton came out and kind of put them down. They really just outplayed them for the entire rest of the game. Um, left the guy wide open. Shouldn't have been in overtime in the first place. But to go out there and win, and to win in that fashion with the walk-off three was really, really huge for them. Um, not only for their NCAA tournament hopes, which with the way that Tad Boyle set up the schedule for them, should be a foregone conclusion at this point, but just for their confidence. They're about to go into conference play. They have one more game before they open up Pac-12 play. And now... They, they believe what, the, what I think they wanted to believe before the season, which is they can beat anyone in the country. Um, Dayton is really, really good. The same team that, you know, uh, that the Buffs lost to in Kansas, Dayton took them to overtime. So they're really good. They earned that 13 ranking, and the Buffs just went in there and, and outplayed them, which and we, is really in, encouraging. We finally had a chance to see McKinley Wright play and go off in the way that we've been hoping for years now. He had 29 points a season high. Yes, thank you to the Dayton fans. Yes. Who <laughs> just asked for it from it. Like, he, so Dayton, they got what they asked for. Dayton had committed, or Dayton. Uh, McKinley Wright had committed to Dayton and then decommitted and came to see you. Yeah, after their coach left. Yes. Like, it's not like he just spurned them. Like, they lost their coach, so he changed So his Dayton fans were mad and were booing him and yelling at him, and that just made him more hyped up and at the end of the game what what did he do he went up to the dayton fans and well he like stood on top of a chair and was just like highlighting the colorado on like his superman yeah. style which is awesome beautiful and then after the game he said like i needed those booze those booze fueled me which is just so awesome so <laughs> yes. to anyone in the pac-12 please boo mckinley Wright every time he touches the ball <laughs> So Colorado State, like I said, had a crazy triple overtime win over the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. The teams were tied 104 during that third overtime, and Isaiah Stevens drained a three-pointer to give the Rams a lead, and Tulsa didn't score again. So that was another really crazy win. Both teams should not have gone into overtime in the first place, <laughs> no. um, but they ended up getting taken care of business. And that's not easy to do. Like It shows a lot of mental toughness for a team. When you have a letdown late in the game and it goes into overtime, you usually have no momentum going into that period. Um, both teams showed a lot of mental toughness to still pull out a victory. 
So we've talked a lot before, and I maybe even I think come to the consensus that hockey right now has the best overtime. I don't know if that has been our consensus. It, but I, I don't need a consensus. That's the rules. However, when basketball goes double or triple, you get into triple overtime in yep. basketball. I don't care if it's middle school kids in sweatpants. I am <laughs> watching that game. A triple overtime. That's one of the things that, you know, uh, Baseball will let you go forever, and a walk-off home run's fun, but it doesn't build tension the same way. Hockey cuts you off after one. Uh, Not in the playoffs. Oh, I can't Not, wait for uh, you yeah, to watch yeah. a triple overtime triple in the playoffs. Ready, in the playoffs. No, 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 no. It kills ready. you. But, it kills you. But in regular seasons or whatever, I mean, so it's still probably hockey, but a triple overtime basketball game. There's a lot of truth to that because when that, when that went down, my initial thought was Nuggets, Trailblazers because yeah. – oh. We oh, God. there. We had a Rockies overtime. game. We had a Rockies game that night. Game was over. Uh, I forget what happened in the game. It didn't matter. But, but everybody I think they lost. Every well, <laughs> okay. no, no. I mean, I don't know what happened for the Rockies. No, yeah, but no one Rockies seemed lost. to care. Everyone <laughs> no, had, right, everybody sure. had deadlines, and we're just sitting up there in the press box at Coors Field, and all these baseball guys that I've never heard, you know, mention Jamal Murray, you know, Wancho. None of those got none of those names came out of their mouths. But they, we were all glued to the television watching that game, and it, that that's true, Drew. Like. That is just something that if you if you have a flair for the dramatics, I mean you can't you can't turn away from something like that. Uh, that's I think that's exactly it. When you're talking about quadruple overtime, it, you're not even talking about sports fans. There's so yeah. much drama in yeah. an event like that that everyone is just tuning in. Like this is going to be talked about for the next week. <laughs> Who's going to blink? Meanwhile, the Rockies can play 18 innings in San Francisco and then lose when their catcher can't find home plate. Oh, God. oh my God. <laughs> if we're All talking about... have been so killer. <laughs> and everyone just goes, eh. <laughs> We're talking about quality of overtime, though, and entertainment value. We have to mention college football. College, college football, football overtime is, is great. Fantastic. The QOO on college football is very good. I, quality I mean, of overtime. Oh, yes. Yeah, so QOO. I, I do don't love it, I don't, but I also kind of hate it. I don't want the NFL to adopt it. I want the um, NFL to adopt it. Just but, change what the you, but the your argument now. that you're about to make is the same <laughs> argument that you could make against hockey over time. Like, it's not the real sport. That, that's true. Like, See, hockey tricks you because they have the three-on-three three and then have the not real sport of the shootout after it. Right. So. It's like it get, it, as the game goes on, it becomes progressively right. progressively less, less of the hockey. sport. Yeah. Soccer. Soccer suffers from that exact yep. same thing, too. It'd be it's like if, if, fo- uh, if college football, like after doing the 25-yard thing, then went to like a throwing competition for the quarterback. Or field goal, <laughs> and it's like the, the other team. It's oh almost God, like you're playing a horse. Go back five yards <laughs> yeah. at a time. Oh, that'd be I want, really Well, you play horse, but it's field goals. <laughs> And it's like, okay, what hash mark do you no, set up from? those kickers already have so I, much. I want football to take on the hockey method. For overtime, you have to play seven on seven. Ooh. And then if you keep going down, keep going down. That would be fantastic. See, that would be baseball, great for the Broncos because they already don't have a line. Baseball. <laughs> you should, yeah, eat. Um, I, I experienced, I was Let's in the, the arena for a triple overtime in hockey, the Caps, I don't remember who they were playing, but it was like a school night. I was in high school, and it was like, oh, my God. how? When is this game going to end? And you felt like you're, you were dying because of all of the emotions. And then they scored, I think, with like .6 seconds left in the game. In, the in triple yeah. overtime. Wow. To the, win. I, the Caps won. I struggled to was, find a better description of NHL playoff overtime than it felt like you were dying. Oh, that's yeah. every second. <laughs> yes. just, NHL even if you don't over- care about the teams, you're just like, oh, my God, what is going on? It's just it's it's too much. It's really, it's too much. really bad for your health. <laughs> 
All right, well. Um, You're better off going outside and smoking an entire pack of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just chain. Yes. Speaking of health, did you guys know taking care of your teeth is pretty important? <laughs> Our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush. When you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, that's right. You simply just have to take care of your teeth, and Green Mountain Dental Group hooks you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. Check them out today online or call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. You're going to need to call them if you do take Ryan's advice yeah. and smoke an right. entire pack yes. of cigarettes. Yes, really you are. You or if you green watch down. playoff hockey and grind your teeth down to nothing. <laughs> For sure. The thoughts of Ryan Koningsberg are not supported by... <laughs> <laughs> Anyone. Uh, that right. was the rest of <laughs> really, really much. Ryan's like, I want really it to be known. Please do not do that. Um, well, oh. guys. Who did the most and who did the least? Who was the dog and who was the beast? Who's in the boat and who's up a creek? Let's see. Who won the week? Before we get to this segment. Um, you got to let it play to the end. <laughs> it's done. There's nothing. <laughs> That part uh, is important. Let the symbol kind yeah. of trail away. <laughs> the jazz hands. The way that the conclude. musician designed it is okay. the way it should be heard. Well, I don't want it to go on to playing like Colorado Swag or whatever Broncos Weeks <laughs> audio I have on my iTunes. Before we get to who won the week, we have a question on the Periscope. Chelsea1337 said, is Locke the best thing for Denver since sliced bread? Ryan? Um, No. Uh, Peyton Manning was probably better, <laughs> but uh, um, he's the best Wait, thing when did to happen. Get sliced bread. Oh, right, that's true. <laughs> we were having to loaf it for a while. Um, no, I, he's the best thing to happen since Peyton Manning for the Broncos. Um, that's for sure. Uh, so it's really, really, really good that they finally have a quarterback. Yeah. All right. So last week. The Avs won. No surprise. Not Drew's Avs, though. Oh, you didn't have <laughs> we, to specify. <laughs> we had two Avs votes. Uh, the one that won by 43% of the votes, Pavel Francis, won the week because he had two dominant weeks, and he's continued that. Um, the one that didn't won was <laughs> Avs because they lost to the St. Louis Blues because they get to learn uh, from the hurt. Come on, people. How can you not understand that your team losing was good? I don't understand why I couldn't get Avs <laughs> fans to vote for that. didn't really learn from the hurt. Yeah, they, they did, did not. It was no. wrong. Wow. My hockey time. analysis has room to grow. The Avs, the Avs have to get hurt a lot to learn. It's a, <laughs> it's a process. After that, <laughs> the Broncos, because now they get to look at a new version of Drew Locke got 30%, and then Nuggets for Nikola Jokic being back got 25%. Well, prophetic, though, looking at a new version of Drew Locke. Yeah. yeah. And oh. there you go. Wow, I was prophetic. It's never happened before. I think it's also prophetic that the fans didn't take up Drew on his they knew. embracing they, her. They were like, knew. did they? Will they? I don't, yeah. Not yet. They're like, not Drew, yet. you're new to this. They're you like, know what happens when they lose the <laughs> Yeah. They're like, wait, I will vote. Oh, nope, never mind. Not Fans voting. and voters <laughs> Yeah, Avs Nation. Do I get a winner's circle? Yes, no? you okay. do. All right. I didn't know. Go. Uh, shout out to the Avs prospects and to Patrick Lyons covering the Colorado Eagles this week. We already mentioned they had an Golf incredible Golf. week. Uh, Kevin Connaughton, I think, was involved in nearly half of their 24 goals. He's having an amazing time. Martin Kaut is back and healthy, getting involved in the offense. Shane Bowers has five points in his last five games. Everything is coming together in the Avs 
depth of their organization and there are some issues but we're not going to talk about that in the winner's circle oh look at you Hit the post 30 <laughs> seconds oh my god the, cross the post that's a sore subject for abs fans fun oh, fun sorry. post video coming out tomorrow on twitter so oh. Oh. is it gonna be a, p- a good post I mean, it might trigger some people depending on your post PTSD, (laughs) but (laughs) Um, that just reminded me of Matt Calvert's goal that went like ricocheted off the goalie's butt. That was pretty cool. If he could do that on purpose, he'd be one of the greatest hockey players (laughs) ever. It was not. (laughs) Did he claim it? <laughs> he very clearly just threw that puck out into the open and ice, it and it happened, happened to have See, an I thought he was trying to bank it. No way. He's version. playing pool. That's the hockey version of the double doink. Definitely. Uh, uh, it was a single doink. It, it, uh, it could be a single doink more. I thought I might have caught both cheeks, but I, you're right. It's, <laughs> as, it's as much a doink as it is oh a butt God. fumble, it I hit think. It pad. It, it wasn't even as... Whatever. So okay. all very official terms. Plus, if they've got <laughs> post-PTSD, that would, of course, be P-PTSD. Yeah, P-P-T-S-D. It would also have power play PTSD, which would be P-P-P-T-S-D. Yeah. That one might be the worst of the three, I think. <laughs> I, I, I believe it is. The power play is killing me. That's what's killing me. Convert well, one. Let's Vic, go. Vic Fangio just came out and said they're looking for Drew Locke to be the QB of the future. We already talked about oh. that, but just, just thought I'd let you guys know. They're looking for Drew Locke. They have no idea where they left him. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Locke is missing. If anyone's seen him, please call <laughs> 303. All right. right, let's Let me get back to my timer. We'll start with you, Rudo. All right. All right. Why did the Avs win the week? Go. Sam Girard won the week. Not for quality hockey, not for anything for like that. But because he has the featherweight championship belt <laughs> in the NHL now. Nice. Alex DeBrincat got put it. down. This is a call out to Johnny Gaudreau, Rocco Grimaldi. Sam Girard is ready to take on all comers <laughs> for the belts. Bring it. Oh, Boy, and you're done. Ten it. seconds. That's all I need. That was, oh my God, I saw highlights of that fight again. I was like, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nobody knew he could throw punches like that. It was really out of left field. Also, Landeskog got into a fight during that. Yeah, Black well, that Hawks was game. just he has dad strength now, so that's not even fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens. <laughs> I was like, oh wow, Landy. Okay. I mean, the other that dude deserved it. But Confirmed. like you guys tweeted about, it wasn't a good player trade out. So no, it wasn't yeah, the Landy's a way better hockey player than that guy. Yeah. So. I didn't Sometimes really. you just got to throw down. Right. It was like my. It was like Michael. I felt like it was like Michael Malone getting a technical, like on purpose to kind of rally the team. I feel like that's what it was. Sure. From your cap. Probably to some extent. Didn't yeah. work. Maybe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think. Or I maybe know. he needed to get another fight later. <laughs> <laughs> just keep fighting people. See if it works. AJ, I'm not reading what you wrote. Um, <laughs> that's pretty uh, funny though. <laughs> 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 Give him that. <laughs> All right, Ryan, why did the Broncos win the week? Oh, I'm not choosing the Broncos. Oh. Uh, well, there are many candidates, but Deshaun Schwartz Someone won the week. Someone called it on Twitter. Uh, I mean, how can you not give it to it? This is a Colorado kid who fulfilled his dream of playing in the Pac-12, playing for the Colorado Buffaloes. He's had some ups and downs to his career, but in the biggest game of the season for the Buffs, in overtime, you know, people remember the buzzer beater, and the buzzer beater was amazing, and that's why he won the week. But he scored eight points in that overtime. He had an amazing driving layup uh, earlier to tie the game. Um, he won the week. It's not even close. There's Time. no way anyone else can win this. I, I agree with By him. the way, he's all over Sports Center. I mean, hands down. Where was the buzzer? 
What? Oh, I gave up on the buzzer. There's no buzzer s- because Deshaun Schwartz already beat it. Oh, I got so oh. many. You guys complained Smooth. way too much about which buzzer sound I was using and everything. So I, I gave up on that. I never uh, once complained about the buzzer. I think you did. I would never. Uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's the buzzer was pretty bad. Um, For people who aren't buffs fans buffs fans maybe you'll remember this game is being compared to that buzzer beater win against kansas at Coors event center who that's been talked about a lot in yeah over. not quite as epic just because it wasn't like a court at storm home, at yeah. home but bank shot you know but it was so glorious you only get a few buzzer beaters as a fan like by your team a true buzzer beater for the win to do it basically on the road against the number 13 team in the country that's that's special. All right. And a hometown kid at that. I'm going to keep going yeah. <laughs> until you stop. It. I'll kick you out. Um, who wants to go first between you guys? Are you choosing the Rock? Oh, you said you had I'll a Rockies ahead. one. I got a Rockies take. All right. Go. So the Rockies <laughs> won the week and it's Remember, you have 30 seconds. Well, not anymore. I thought I have a minute. No, <laughs> it's changed. Oh, yeah, it's changed. Now, now you have here. 20 oh, no, seconds. Let him start again. Let him start again. <laughs> okay, brutal. Okay, okay. Shoot. All right. We'll start over. Go. The Rockies won the week not because seemingly all of the free agent catchers have now been taken off the market, meaning there's only so many more left, but they won the week, in particular David Dahl, because three of the best left-handers in the National League are now in the American League. Dallas Keuchel of the Braves, of course, is now in the White Sox, and two interdivision lefties have changed uh, locations. Madison Bumgarner, he's still with the Diamondbacks in the West, uh, but a slightly more friendly hitter's ballpark than... uh, at Oracle Park, and Hyunjin Ryu recently signed with Toronto. So the left-handers in the Rockies lineup will benefit from that out there in the NL West. All right, I gave you an extra five seconds because you're new to it, and I <laughs> wanted you to <laughs> finish your statement. That's yeah. the holiday spirit, Holly. I appreciate um, that. Also, David like Dahl has that. the cutest dog in the world, so I that's feel just like that's a, side a note. really, yeah. really good answer, but it's just not going to play to Twitter. No. no. Thank you. I appreciate gonna, that. I know. <laughs> very nuanced. Right Except for saying that Madison Bumgarner, that didn't really, that didn't really add up. No. <laughs> I know I'm in the room. Okay, I'm already the pressure. Yeah. I'm in the room. It's, it's 30 seconds. You need you more than know. that, but I got to say, I think Mad Bum in Arizona is going to be problematic. Eh, I can't wait to see Trevor Story just planting in the left field seats as yeah. he often does. He, he won't be as effective as at Oracle Park. Exactly. All right, Drew, go. The Denver Nuggets won the week because oh, they we won go. six games in a row and beat the Lakers. Time? All now right. that'll play to Twitter. Plus, all that stuff Adam said. <laughs> Will the thrill is back, baby. Jokic. I mean, they're all playing great. You can't pick any one of them whenever your team's playing so well. You're like, five guys could have won the week. The Denver Nuggets won the week. I actually don't think it's that close. They play professional sports. Congratulations oh, to the I Buffs. S- I'm, I'm happy for you. you. But I thought you were Retime gonna, it. No, I no it you're a, right. I thought all it was needed, a mic drop. It then was. you kind of ruined it. I know. It I picked my own mic back up after yeah, dropping you're like, it. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Encore. <laughs> Uh, you got, you got someone on Twitter say. saying, or on Periscope, good take, Patrick. There's one vote for you. One oh. vote. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We do, we do Six have Six months from something. now when they're crushing <laughs> all the right-handed pitchers in the NLS. I remember. Okay. We do have something to read in the comments. Guys, go leave us questions so we can read them and make this podcast even longer and make Andre not like us. Um, Drew Chia came back onto the pod. He left a oh. wonderful... Uh, post last time that Drew read and that con- he said that comment was a fun ride wasn't it thanks to Drew for bringing everything to life and if your cameo does take off then you're welcome thank you I was just so surprised to hear that 
Adizio was hiring hired coming off a record of 44 and 44 at BC. It seemed like such a vanilla and middle of the road hire that wouldn't have moved the needle too much either way. It's such a vanilla hire that Ali doesn't even know how to say Adizio, his name. Adizio, how do you say Adazio. it? Adazio. Adazio. I mean, that's par for the course for CSU. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for a great podcast that I look forward to every week. P.S. Hey Arnold, season one, episode 19V, 24 hours to live. 30 Rock, season four, episode two, into the crevice. Thanks, Drew. Hashtag all Drews are awesome. Thanks, Drew. (laughs) All Drews are awesome. And we've got some new reviews on iTunes. So thank you to everyone who's left reviews. Keep doing that. Send us your questions. And we hope you guys have a wonderful holiday week. And we'll see you guys next week. Happy holidays. Drew, can we get a song? No. 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 Are we we still live? No. No. He's not (laughs) alive. But it's for the podcast. I I hate when you say that. I was going to say.